endless war between the vampires and the lichens, a new enemy arose. Freeze! Humans. This is a new war. Your kind will never be as powerful as us. You don't know me very well. They've created something twice the size of any lichen I've ever seen. This ends now. Underworld Awakening in IMAX 3D. Rated R. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast. This is Rico, and you're listening to Treks in Sci-Fi, the weekly dokes. Dope. <laughs> I'm a bit rusty. Haven't done this in a couple of weeks. And it is their weekly dose of geeky goodness. Yes, today is January 15th, 2012. Yes, it is a new year, and it is podcast 366. And as I've mentioned on the last few shows, the, the podcast is now going to a every-other-week format. In between, I'll be ins- inserting in guest-hosted uh, guest podcast. Gosh, I'm rusty. Ugh, can't talk here on Sunday morning. Guest-hosted shows like last week's excellent uh, year-in-review that Rick Moyer did. Thanks so much for that. Played a lot of music and clips and things from the past year's Treks and Sci-Fi podcasts and uh, did a great job just like last year's recap or, or um, review, eh, whatever you call it, uh, uh, a look-back show. So uh, that uh, was last week. This week we're going to look at uh, a Voyager episode. Uh, this episode is the last one from Season 4. It is called Hope and Fear. I'm going to be uh, covering that with a full commentary. This is another episode about Voyager that they have another opportunity to maybe get home or get closer to home. So I thought it would be a fun one uh, to look at. It's got a good guest star. So we're going to be covering that uh, in its entirety here on the show. Got a lot of other news to talk about, especially the next Star Trek movie, uh, which has started filming. So that's coming up here on the show and uh, a lot more. I've got a guest collectible review uh, from Brian and uh, just all kinds of goodies. So uh, let's get rolling here on the first sort of big official, uh, at least uh, podcast of my own, not counting the uh, video cast for New Year's or Rick Slash, uh, but this is kind of the regular standard fare for Treks and Sci-Fi, covering a Trek episode, talking about news and collectibles and all kinds of fun stuff. So sit back, relax, and let's hit it. Again, uh, welcome to the show, everyone, and uh, so glad that you are uh, with me once more here for Treks and Sci-Fi for the new year, and uh, just uh, kind of waking up a little bit here on a Sunday morning like normally I do, having a little tea, 
just doing some laundry and doing a podcast. So everything's right with the world. <laughs> hope everyone's been having a good few uh, couple weeks here at the beginning of the year. Hope everything's been going well. Uh, we've got uh, a little bit of snow. It's really cold now again uh, outside for the first time really this winter. We're about, I think we're about 15 F, 15 Fahrenheit this morning, about 15, 16 degrees below zero. So, uh, or below, I shouldn't say below zero, below zero for Celsius, but below freezing, I should say. Got an inch or two of snow maybe in the last couple of days, nothing bad. Actually, the winter has been pretty mild until this point. So, but as I have done many times, this is not a weather show. Let's talk about news. Let's just get right into it and and talk about Star Trek news. Yes, Thursday this past week, uh, which was January the 11th, I believe. Uh, production and filming officially began for the next Star Trek movie, which is due out on, I think it's May 17th of 2013. So uh, about, uh, what are we about? Let's see, four, 16 months away, which doesn't sound so bad when you say it like that. Of course, we're a whole year later than we were going to be originally. It was going to come out in June of 2012. Now it got pushed to to May of 2013. So, but we're gonna have a lot of movies to see this summer and spring. So I'm not really too bothered about it. I wish it was sooner. I wish there wasn't a four year gap between the films. I, I still feel that that that's a little long, especially since the last one did so well. I think if they had churned out another movie in a couple of years, two to three years, maybe it would have been better. Uh, we'll see. I, I have really really high hopes for this film. For a lot of reasons, uh, let me run down the the cast. If you have not been paying attention to the news, or you're not a regular Trexan sci-fi visitor or forum member, some of this will be maybe new to you. I'm going to go up kind of in reverse order uh, of announcements. Anyway, Bruce Greenwood is expected to be back as Admiral Pike. I'm not sure what part he'll play. Probably something related to Starfleet or the Academy, or maybe he'll give orders you know he'll be on the view screen and giving orders to uh captain kirk played by chris pine again and all the main cast of course is back but he's supposed to be back in it uh they also announced a while back uh actress alice eve who's that blonde very uh good looking girl that was in uh she's not into you or she's just not that into you or something like that was that the name of the movie no i don't think that was the name of the movie anyway look her up on imdb (laughs) Uh, she is in supposedly uh, an unknown role and supposedly something new to Star Trek, not, not playing like uh, a known character. At least that's what they're saying or rumoring right now. We'll see what happens. Peter Weller, who, of course, for all sci-fi fans, is always going to be known as RoboCop, played the original RoboCop in the first, what, two RoboCop movies? And he is supposed to be some kind of a CEO or businessman kind of position. Uh, possibly tied into the villain, but we'll have to see how that works. Uh, we've also got uh, a couple of uh, other familiar faces. We've got Noel Clark, actor Noel Clark, who played Mickey on Doctor Who. He is going to be in the movie. He's supposed to be playing kind of a, a family man with a wife and a daughter. Uh, the woman playing his wife, uh, her name is, I don't really know her that well. I think she was a guest star on on uh, 24, the TV series with Kiefer Sutherland that I watched all the years and enjoyed. Anyway, this actress is Nazneen, N-A-Z-N-E-E-N, Nazneen Contractor. Very interesting last name for an unusual to me first name. She looks of Mideastern descent. Anyway, she's supposed to play Noel Clark's wife in the movie. And the big news came maybe about a week ago, I think, or so. 
not that long ago, maybe early last week, maybe last Monday, Sunday. Anyway, uh, a guy named uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, very hard name to say, Benedict Cumberbatch. He is going to be playing the main villain. And this guy, he's another, uh, he's a British guy, and he is very well known to folks in the UK, I think, for playing on a few things. Uh, what I know that he's in, and he's done, you know, a, a fair number of things, you know, pretty well-known stuff. But the big one that he's been doing lately is this TV series in the UK um, called Sherlock, which I haven't still had a chance to watch, but I think I'm going to need to watch it now. I think it's in its early in its second season. And uh, he's on that. And he's also, I think, in this new movie called Tinker, Tailor, Soldier, Spy. Is that the name of it? Uh, the one with Gary Oldman, uh, which has been getting good reviews. So he's supposed to be a terrific actor, very, very good presence and, and, and just uh, very, very well respected and very just just somebody who's who's got a good good acting chops. Let's say that's the way they call it, don't they? Acting chops. So he should do a good job as, as being a counterpoint and a villain for Chris Pine's Kirk and, and the rest of his crew. I, I'm still unsure. You know, no one's really been saying what the movie is actually going to be about in any way. Um, the, the basics uh, uh, that's been floating around for a few weeks is that the story is going to be kind of, a, you know, original, whatever that means. Now, I'm taking it as it's going to be a completely uh, a new villain, new character, someone we haven't seen before with a whole new storyline. Not that it's, you know, you could say it's an original story, which means, hey, maybe Benedict Cumberbatch is still going to play somebody we know, like a con, could be. But the story of the way he, they find him or how this whole plot works out will be new and 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 different than it was like in wrath of khan perhaps i don't think i think that's playing pretty pretty fast and loose with the 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 way this has been discussed when somebody tells me it's an original story i don't think that that means use a character that we know like a khan or even trelane from squire of gothos and just redoing the tale of him i think that it would be i think this guy's going to be a new character that we've not seen before and i think it's going to be a new story that we've not seen before also they've had a lot of time to look at this and think about it and I think that's what we're going to get. I also think that Benedict Cumberbatch, my guess is he won't be playing a human-type character, that he will be playing some type of alien. That's another guess. And that's kind of based on the fact that Benicio Del Toro was also in the running, I guess, for this for this particular movie and maybe for the same part. Uh, that's questionable, but... I think it was for probably the same part. And these guys don't look that much alike or seem that much alike. So I think they're going to be using some makeup on him. And they, again, guesses. I could be completely wrong. I'm just putting together some pieces that I've read and seen and trying to make some guesses. But uh, if I had to guess uh, flat out, I think he'd be playing, I think it could be a new Klingon, a, a Klingon character that we've not seen before. Maybe in this universe, in the JJ Trekverse, they run into the Klingons, and it's one of the first encounters with them, and things don't go so well, or something like that. And Benedict is a is a Klingon, uh, you know, captain or something. Who you know could be lots of things. Although I, I think that would be kind of a basic story. I think it could be bigger than that. Uh, I'm also trying to figure out how a, a CEO character like Peter Weller, unless he's a good guy, uh, if he's supposed to be more of a tied to the villain character, how that would involve a Klingon. So that doesn't really work exactly, does it? So who knows? I could be completely off, but uh, I'm excited. We we should be getting some 
more concrete news and pictures will slip out. You know, when they made the last Trek movie uh, that they um, they did, there were little tidbits that were coming out pretty early on. So we, we got some tastes of some things pretty early on, and I think that'll happen with the Internet, with uh, filming outside. They're going to be filming. Uh, you know, they're filming on both Paramount's lot and Sony's lot. And they are doing a lot of stuff on on sound stages, of course, but they are going to film in some locations. So once that starts to happen, we're gonna we're gonna definitely be seeing some images and stuff floating around with everyone carrying a camera around in their pocket on their phones. So uh, that's uh, uh, probably enough Trek news. Uh, let me take a little break here. I'll come back and we will uh, cover a little bit of other sci-fi news, some TV talk and movies, and then we'll get into the Voyager episode. That was the scene in California's Mojave Desert five years ago. Our historic first view of the newcomer's ship. Theirs was a slave ship carrying a quarter million beings bred to adapt and labor in any environment. But they've washed ashore on Earth with no way to get back to where they came from. And in the last five years, the newcomers have become the latest addition to the population of Los Angeles. Alienation, the Newcomers Podcast, is a fan cast devoted to the groundbreaking but short-lived TV series Alienation. This series tackles social issues like racism, bigotry, and intolerance with an alien twist. Each month, we will bring you a podcast dedicated to a single episode. The host will give you their thoughts on the episode, as well as some little-known behind-the-scenes information. So please subscribe to Alienation, the Newcomers Podcast on iTunes, or visit our website at alienationpodcast.com. All right. Uh, let's see. Let's talk about some other sci-fi and other news that's been going on in the world. Um, I played at the very beginning of today's show a clip from the new movie that's coming out this coming Friday on January 20th, Underworld Awakening, uh, another Underworld series movie back with um, Kate Beckinsale. We'll be back in this uh, in her black, uh, you know, pleather whatever it is rubber outfit uh running around doing amazing things it's funny always when i read interviews with her and playing this underworld uh uh, in in these underworld movies and and she always says that she never thought of herself when she when she was an actress and doing things because she's such a small you know thin woman of an action type hero but she does she pulls it off pretty good in these movies and this one looks pretty spectacular, and I'm looking forward to seeing that. Uh, it's going to be in 3D uh, and in IMAX. Uh, so uh, it's uh, we'll see how that works and, and goes forward. I think there's a lot of anticipation for this movie. I think it's going to do pretty well at the box office. So we'll see uh, what it's like. Uh, I've also been watching and catching up. Most of the TV has been coming back. I've watched a whole bunch in the last couple of days. Chuck is back uh, with its last few episodes. If you're a Chuck fan, we've only got a couple more episodes left of the series completely. Uh, It it is only getting like about a half a season this year, so it's going to end at the end of January. It is running on Friday nights on NBC, so uh, they are really going out well. I think they've had some time to figure out how to end the series right, which is nice. So I'm going to miss that show. There's nothing quite else like Chuck on the air. Just a a fun spy series with some cool stuff and gadgets and action and and a great cast. So going to miss that show. Uh, We've got Fringe back 
which if you're a Fringe fan, you know, make sure that you tell your friends and get other people to watch it because the ratings are not that great. And this might be the last season for Fringe. And, and it's just, I think uh, from a sci-fi aspect, it is the best, you know, sci-fi series on, on the air right now. Uh, no question about that to me, at least. It's got the most interesting storylines and the characters are, are just great. And this idea of parallel universes and... Uh, you know, it's from the J.J. Abrams crew, so hey, hey, what else? Uh, you know, what else do you need to know? It's 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 really a great show, and and the cast is just amazing and terrific. So, uh, it's it's another one of those cases to me that I, you know, any show that I really like a lot uh, and really enjoy and watch every week after week, it's it 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 is a lot of the cast has a lot to do with it. I really have to like the cast a lot, so. It's uh, and and the characters that they play too, so uh, that's really important. The stories, of course, are important than plots. But uh, also watching Grimm, uh, there was a really cool episode on Friday of that, kind of different, pretty intense, I thought, and and they kind of amp things up a bit. So that that's good to see. And uh, Clone Wars is still good. I'm enjoying that. Uh, that's back as well. Um, I've been watching also some of these anime anime. Uh, Marvel shows on G4, things like Iron Man, Wolverine, X-Men. Uh, I really like the X-Men uh, that they do, and because uh, X-Men out of those were is is probably my more favorite of the of the characters and the stories. And then they also just started this past Friday uh, an anime uh, imported series uh, starring or uh, about the Marvel hero or comic book character Blade which has been done in movies with Wesley Snipes and others. And uh, I didn't get a chance to watch the first episode yet, but it's on my TiVo, and I'll be watching that. So anyway, if you get G4, and uh, you might want to check out some of these Marvel anime shows. I, I think they're a lot of fun. I like the uh, the style of the animation. And it's not the stories are not that bad. They, uh, they do a pretty good job. They're a little different than the comics, of course. They put their own little spin on things, but uh, it's still fun. I've always enjoyed watching animated shows shows cartoons and, and superhero shows i really miss the justice league tv show that was on for several years and and we don't have a whole lot right now um you know cartoons i keep looking on saturday mornings there's nothing really <laughs> in, in it for me that i would enjoy like a good old spider-man or, or uh superman or batman uh animated series did I hear, though, that they're going to do another Batman, some kind of Batman regular animated series? I'm not sure about that. I'll have to look into that. I thought I heard something. And then they started that Green Lantern animated series, but I don't know what happened to it. It was on for a pilot episode. I think it's supposed to get a regular run, but I don't know if it started yet or where it is. So I'm not sure when that's coming back. I thought it was coming back sometime this month, but uh, I haven't seen it pop up yet. So, And, that you know, there's plenty of TV, lots of stuff to watch. Uh, there, uh, there's also, it's not really sci-fi, but I'm really enjoying person of interest. I, I just, I guess there's a sort of a sci-fi element in it because of the machine that picks these, these, uh, people that may have something going on with them. So there's, there's elements in there uh, of that a little bit, but it's just a cool show. One of the uh, few besides that in Castle with Nathan Fillion, kind of cop type shows that I watch. I guess Grimm's kind of a cop show too, but I find that there's more, fantasy and other things going on in it as time has gone on so um so that's it i think i should uh, really get into the voyager episode now we're about the 20 minute mark of the podcast so i'll be right back with voyagers of end of fourth season episode hope and fear 
All right, here we go with the episode Hope and Fear. We're on the uh, holodeck with uh, a little uh, phaser sort of practice battle with Janeway and Seven of Nine. Full impact. Final round to Janeway. Winner, Janeway. Good game. For you. Oh, come on, Seven. You won four out of ten rounds. Nothing to be ashamed of. On the contrary. I have superior visual acuity and stamina. I should have won every round. Well, velocity is more than a test of stamina. It's a game of wits. You are a frustrating opponent. During the final round, after you dropped your phaser, you did not even look at the disc, and yet you were able to acquire the target. Intuition. Intuition is a human fallacy. The belief that you can predict random events. Oh, belief had nothing to do with it. At some level, conscious or otherwise, I was aware of several factors. The trajectory of the disc after I hit the wall, the sound it made on its return, and the shadow it cast on the holocrid. Intriguing, but implausible. I won, didn't I? Thanks for the match. I wish to play again. Not today. You are fatigued and concerned that I will defeat you. Tired, <laughs> yes. Concerned, no. Computer, begin first round. Belay that command. Seven, try to be a sport. Game's over. All right. Dial down the theme music. It's been a while since I looked at a Voyager episode. And this is, I think, a good one. If It's a bit of a complicated story, too, though. So um, the episode is called... Dial the music down a bit more, even. The episode, again, is called Hope and Fear. This episode was the season four finale episode. One of the unique things kind of different about it is it's not a cliffhanger. You know... TNG and Deep Space Nine and Voyager, they all did a, a pretty fair number of season finale cliffhangers, and this is a rare sort of standalone episode, although it involves other things that have been leading up to this episode and things that happen in this episode have factors for the future. There's no real hanging thing at the end of it, so it, it is a standalone. It is um, the, uh, the story is by Rick Berman, Brandon Braga, Joe Minoski, Teleplay by Brandon Braga and Joe Minoski, and uh, directed by a guy named Winrick Kolb, who did a lot of Voyager episodes. This episode has probably maybe one of the longest, <laughs> the longest blurbs in Memory Alpha on a Star Trek episode that I've read. It's pages and pages long. If you're interested to learn more about this episode, I urge you to go over to memoryalpha.org. It's memory-alpha.org. Uh, it's a Wikipedia site for all kinds of Star Trek information. Great site. I use it often. And look up this episode and read through a lot of this. Uh, the basics of it is the story for this episode went through a ton of changes. And that got them to this point. So uh, I'll talk about that a little bit more as we go. We received the encoded message from the Alpha Quadrant. We know that the transmission was from Starfleet Command, but we still can't decrypt it. Balana thinks it's a lost cause, that too much of the data stream has been destroyed. But I haven't given up. I keep hoping inspiration will strike, somehow. Janeway's in the mess hall here, working on this transmission. Uh, late, it looks like, in the evening. And Chakotay... Oh, it's early in the morning. Sorry. Oh, 500. Oh. oh. <laughs> well, then, good morning. 
I just heard from Tom and Neelix. They're about to leave the trading colony. Any luck? According to Tom, the shuttle's so loaded down with supplies, he won't make half impulse. Neelix is asking permission to bring one of the locals on board. He's been very helpful, and Neelix wants to repay him by giving him passage to the next system. Permission granted. You might want to grab some sleep. We've got a big day ahead. I will in a while. Still hunting for buried treasure. We found the treasure. I just can't pick the lock. I've tried over 50 decryption algorithms. Every time I piece together a data block, 10 more come unraveled. What did Starfleet send us? A map? The location of a wormhole? If I could decode this today, Chakotay, we could be home tomorrow. <laughs> then again, it could be Admiral Chapman's recipe for the perfect pound cake. I've been pinning our hopes on this message, but I'm starting to wonder. One way or another, we've got to find out. I'll talk to Bellana. You could enlist seven of nine. Mm. She should have a few Borg algorithms up her sleeve. If she's in the mood. Problems? I don't know if she's restless or if it's just me. But we're butting heads more than usual lately. She seems to challenge everything I say. She's learned a lot from you over the last year. Maybe the pupil thinks she's outgrowing the mentor. Maybe. Well, this mentor would like another cup of coffee. Will you join me? I like the, uh... I like what they did at this point in the series with, with both Seven of Nine and Janeway and not exactly getting along very well and disagreeing. You know, Seven always thought she was superior to pretty much most of the crew, but she had some respect for Janeway. But anyway, uh, and I think she still respects Janeway. I was trying to negotiate with a xenon-based life form when the Universal Translator went offline. Arturus here stepped in and acted as a... Here's our main guest star, Arturus, played by actor Ray Wise. A no-insult intended. Neelix! On my way! If you two will excuse me. Well... Welcome to Voyager. We may be a linguistically simple folk, but we're happy to give you a ride. Let's see if we can find you some quarters. Neelix was right. Voyager is a welcoming place. Well, we do our best. <laughs> Did a good job, uh, Michael Westmore and his I've team, on this guy's makeup. He's got this big head. Almost reminds me a little of the Telosians from the first uh, series. Neelix say more than a few phrases. It was all I needed. It was enough to grasp the grammar and syntax. Impressive. Well, not really. It's a natural ability. Some species are born with great physical prowess. Others, like yours, with a generosity of spirit. My people can see patterns where others see only confusion. Uh huh. I have this. Is something uh, wrong? This little yeah. transmission. I'd like you to take a look at, maybe. Tell me. How are you at computational languages, algorithms, trinary syntax? It's all the same to me. I was wondering if you might do us another favor. You weren't exaggerating, Captain. This data stream is badly damaged. I'd like to see the entire transmission again. Are you Borg? Yes. You're much more attractive than the average drone. I am no longer part of the collective. <laughs> I see, I see. I think I see the problem. Well, may I? Please. Uh. Have you encountered his people before? Species 116. Is that what you call us? Yes. The Borg has never been able to assimilate them. Not yet. Seven. Oh, it's all right, Captain. The Borg Collective is like a force of nature. You don't feel anger toward a storm on the horizon. 
You just avoid it. Ah, here it is. It's a simple matter of extracting the iconometric elements and triaxilating a recursion matrix. Now, why didn't I think of that? Uh-huh, sure. There's if you say so. Here, Captain. I think it might be useful to utilize the other monitors. Now, that didn't take this guy long, did it now? But, of course, it's only a 40-some minute episode. You've done it. Almost. I've reconstructed over 68 kiloquads of information, but a lot of it is still garbled. What about that data bank? 14 beta. Uh, that part of the message is too degraded to recover. Captain, I found a spatial grid. They've marked a set of coordinates. It's less than 10 light years from here. Maybe Starfleet wants us to proceed to that location. Maybe. There's only one way to find out. Yeah, I'll take a little rest stop here. Go for a little drive. It's nice to see a hel helpful alien for a change, too. Scan the vicinity. I like to see that more often. I'm picking up a vessel. On screen. And there's this uh, Starfleet Identify. ship. Unless I'm mistaken, Captain. The warp signature is Starfleet. So here they are, way over in the Delta Quadrant, and there's a Starfleet vessel, kind of a futuristic, advanced design here. I'll be damned. They came through. Duvak. Hailing them. No response. Live signs. There is no organic matter of any kind. No sign of damage to the outer hull. Primary systems are online, including life support. Something must have happened to the crew. The answer is somewhere in that Starfleet transmission. We need to finish decoding it. May I call on your talents again? Of course. Take it away, team. Secure the vessel. Tom, Tuvok. Get the keys. Captain, I won't pretend to know you well, but I am surprised you're not more encouraged by this discovery. I've learned to walk the line between hope and caution. We've ah. had other opportunities that didn't work Hope out. and fear. Here but we go. Admit, you know, the title of the episode. I'm toward hope this time. Now, they did build a whole new uh, bridge for this episode, so they did spend some money here. There's a, uh, a, a unique bridge wow. set. It's wow, very, very indeed. cool. <laughs> I think Tom Paris is in love again with this uh, ship. It's it's uh, NCC kind of or registration number is NX-01A. Like USS Dauntless, registry NX-01A. Launch date 51472. 60,000 light years in three months? Trying to access the crew logs, but there are none. I don't think there was a crew. This helm was set for auto-navigation to these coordinates. It appears that Starfleet has provided us with a new ship. Let's not pack our bags just yet. I'd still like to know how they... I'm reading power fluctuations in the warp core, if you can call it a warp core. I don't recognize this engine configuration. Let's go take a look. A little experimental here, I'd say. Uh... 
course, remember the Enterprise from the series Enterprise was NX-01. That's their designation for experimental. This is the NX-01A. I think we found our engine core. Yeah, the engine core that has one of those balls, those static balls in, in the center of it. <laughs> Some kind of new warp drive? It's a static it's ball, guys. It's, it's from Sharper Image. Actually, it looks pretty cool. I don't know I what it is. They built this set, too, this engineering set. Why didn't they bring Bolana with them? I, I'm not quite sure why they didn't do that at first. They call this thing a quantum slipstream drive. Quantum slipstream. I've never seen that in the engineering manuals. The ship's powering up. Auto navigation is kicking in. Uh, stop it. Turn it off. Bridge to Janeway. The vessel's moving away at high impulse. I can't raise the away team. Pursuit course, Ensign. They don't have shields up. Why don't they just beam them out? But I, I guess... can't shut down the drive. Computer, disable propulsion. Unable to comply. Hang on. Bridge to Janeway, they're gone. Now they just went into this slipstream sort of warp field thing. Very fast. Look at this. Energy from the quantum drive is being routed through the main deflector. Is that what's creating the slipstream? It looks that way. Fascinating. Can you make it stop? <laughs> I'll try accessing helm controls. Uh, Mr. Vulcan. Can you make it stop? Yes, he can. We're back in normal space. Scan for Voyager. No sign of them. Commander, we've traveled over 15 light years. In a few minutes, that's pretty fast. Captain's log, supplemental. After two days at high warp, we've rendezvoused with the Dauntless. Arturus has helped us reconstruct most of the Starfleet message. The pieces of this puzzle are finally coming together. Slipstream technology is experimental and high risk, but it's come a long way in the past year. We've conducted 47 trial runs, all of them successful, but each flight lasted only five days. In order to reach Earth, you'd have to remain at slipstream velocity for a full three months. Can your crew survive that long? We believe they can, and we encourage you to try. Everything you'll need is on the Dauntless. Power cells, supplies, living quarters. Safe journey. We hope to see you soon. So, that's, uh, that's quite a, a vessel that they sent there for, uh, you know, to save the crew, I think. That's a lot of Admiral Hayes. Starfleet credits. Fine officer. Bit of a windbag. <laughs> Let's talk about the risk. Doctor. I've examined the away team for signs of cell damage or physiological stress. Nothing. Their little joyride didn't harm them in the slightest. Long-term effects? I'm running the medical projections right now. So far, the results are encouraging. And the Dauntless itself? I'd say it's in pretty good shape, considering. I've been looking over the primary systems. Helm, Ops, Tactical. They're comparable to Voyager's, but it's a lean ship, Captain. No shuttlecraft, only one transporter, no holodecks, no replicators. Well, Mr. Neelix, you may have your work cut out for you. Ready and willing, Captain. So what are we waiting for? Your enthusiasm is premature. Voyager is a proven vessel. It would be reckless to abandon it so quickly. Come on, where's that Borg spirit? We'll adapt. My Borg spirit gives me an objectivity you lack. She has a point. 
This would mean leaving Voyager behind. Is there any way we could modify Voyager to create a slipstream? In theory, but I don't think the ship would hold up very long under the quantum stresses. Try to make the modifications. If there's a way we can bring Voyager along for the ride, I'm all for it. Harry, Bellana, I want you to take an engineering team down to the Dauntless. Start working on a way to shut down the slipstream drive at a moment's notice. Aye, Captain. Once we have that safeguard in place, we can start making the test flights. I want this entire crew to familiarize themselves with that chip. See to it. Dismissed. Yeah, you know, like, where's the off switch on, on this thing? You know, they, they just uh, forgot that. You know. Indeed. Away home. We've been waiting for this moment for years. Why don't I feel more enthusiastic? Perhaps my mental discipline is rubbing off on you. Perhaps. What do you think about this little miracle of ours? I share your concern about the crew's safety. We must take every precaution. Somehow, I don't think standard diagnostics and security protocols are going to make me feel any better. Captain? All of this is just a little too perfect. The alien genius with the answers to all of our problems. The message from Starfleet telling us everything we want to hear. A starship delivered to our doorstep. What more could we ask for? They even turned down the beds. The only thing missing was chocolates on the pillows. It does seem convenient. I can't put my finger on it. But from the moment this all started, I sensed something was wrong. It started when Arturus boarded Voyager. Exactly. We'll proceed as planned. But I want you to investigate that ship from stem to stern. Keep an eye on our guest. See if you can find out more about him. Understood. Let's hope we're just suffering from some good old-fashioned paranoia. Keep me posted. One of the alternatives for this episode was they were going to have a uh, sort of alien group of travelers visit Earth and Captain's pretend they would look like the Voyager so crew. So far, the crew hasn't found any evidence to support my doubts about our tourists. That's just one of the many... I've told them to keep looking and to keep their optimism in check. One but of the many one possibilities they were going to use for this final... Stardate 51981. But they went through lots of different changes for this episode, and Brandon Braga would go into uh, go into the uh, office of Rick Berman, and they would hash some things out. And but they just uh, tried different versions of this episode, like dozens of different versions, until they came up with the final one. Despite my apprehension, I can't help but wonder what I'll be doing in three months' time. Still guiding Voyager through the Delta Quadrant. Searching for a way home, or looking up old friends in If we do return to Sector 001, will I adapt to human civilization? I like the idea here, among billions of individuals, where they're using their uh, sort of logs to uh, state kind of what they're each thinking and feeling about this whole thing. emergency shutdown on my mark. Now. Quantum field strength down to 90%. 80%? It's leveling off at 75. We need to dampen the field by at least 50%. Try reversing the quantum field polarities. 70%. 55. 49%. We did it. We've got our safety net. One step closer to home. 
Tuvok wants us to run a metallurgical analysis of the bulkheads to look for anything unusual. Thank you. You two run the analysis. I'll be on the bridge with Arturis. Our resident genius said he'd help me figure out how to use the control sequencers. Lieutenant, you seem eager to return to Earth. Eager? I wouldn't go that far. You were a member of the Maquis. Starfleet Command will no doubt hold you responsible for a multitude of crimes. You will find nothing on Earth but adversity. Well, that's looking on the bright side. <laughs> Let's put it this way. I'd rather face the music at home than spend the rest of my life in the Delta Quadrant. What about you? Looking forward to seeing Earth? No. I'm not surprised. You think people are going to resent an ex-Maquis? What about an ex-drone? We'll be outcasts together. I'm kidding, Seven. It's a joke. Work on that sense of humor. It'll help you make friends on Earth. Seven, can you give me a hand down here? I'm picking up an anomalous energy surge. There are no power conduits running through this section. Yeah, this, uh, I think that they use some of the uh, pieces of different sets from Voyager to create some of the sets of the Dauntless here. But they still did a neat job in a, in a short period of time to build this um, other ship, at least the bridge in the engineering area. I think there are a couple of pieces of it that you'll see when you watch. They are, uh, they are just using a redress, what they call, of the Voyager sets. It won't be the same without you. Ah, oh, there's Harry, always trying to hit on seven of nine. But he's still picking up these weird energy readings here on the engineering uh, section of the Dauntless. And seven has left and it's getting stronger with, he's reading his tricorder over here on a panel. And he opens this panel up. And it sort of short circuits. Kim to Tuvok. Tuvok here. I'm on the Dauntless in the engine room, and I found something that qualifies as unusual. I'll be right there. Computer display data block 14 beta. Auxiliary display. Seven, I could use your help. I'm trying to reconstruct the last fragment of the Starfleet message. Arturus said it was irreparably damaged. I know, but I think it gave up too easily. Intuition. It's intuition if I'm right. I've designed a new decryption algorithm. Let's give it a try. Captain. I will not be going with you to the Alpha Quadrant. I can understand your reluctance. It's 
been hard enough dealing with a crew of 150 individual humans. The prospect of an entire planet must be overwhelming. I am not overwhelmed. I simply do not wish to live among humans. Well, whether you like it or not, you're one of us. You've come a long way from that drone who stepped out of a Borg alcove nine months ago. Don't turn your back on humanity now. Not when you're about to take your biggest step. Earth. Your home. I may have come a long way. But not in the direction you think. You've attempted to influence my development. You exposed me to your culture, your ideals. You hoped to shape me in your own image. But you have failed. You may have noticed our tendency to disagree. Oh, I've noticed. Then you must also recognize that I do not share your values. Your desire to explore space is inefficient. Your need for familial connections is a weakness. Your infatuation with this planet is irrational. I won't argue that you turned out differently than I expected. And that we often have conflicting points of view. But right now, the stakes are higher. This crew needs your expertise. Abandon them and you diminish their chances of getting home. Irrelevant. No, it's not. We've given you a lot, Seven. It's time you gave something in return. I have, on many occasions. Now I refuse. What would you do, go back to the Collective? I don't know. And what exactly do you have in mind? I don't know. That's my point. You're asking me to cast you adrift in the Delta Quadrant alone and without support. I wouldn't grant that request to any member of this crew because it's too dangerous. I will survive. On what? Borg perfection? Precisely. I don't buy it. This isn't about your independence or your superiority. This is about your fear. You're not making this choice because you've outgrown humanity. I think you're afraid to go back to Earth. Yeah, I guess as they've been talking, the, the algorithm's working. Computer constructing the data block has been working. So I guess she didn't really need Seven of Nine's help exactly. <laughs> I just think that's a little. But that I love that exchange between the two of them. I thought we already recovered this part of the message. Perhaps it is an addendum from the Admiral. You did designate him a windbag. Oh, I don't think so. The data index doesn't match. This is a completely different message. Apologies from everyone at Starfleet Command. We've had our best people working around the clock trying to find a wormhole. A new means of propulsion, anything to get you back home. But despite our best efforts, I know it's not what you were hoping. But we have sent you all the data we've collected on the Delta Quadrants. With any luck, you'll find at least some part of it useful. Maybe enough to shave a few years off your trip. Safe journey. So we hope to see you soon. The Dauntless is not a Starfleet vessel. It's not been said. Your intuition was correct. Unfortunately. Our tourists must have created a false message. It sure as hell looks that way. Janeway to Tuvok. Yes, Captain. And My suspicions he was have good. been confirmed. 
but not as good as uh, he appeared. Appearances can be deceiving. With Starfleet's message, the Dauntless isn't what it appears to be. I agree. We've discovered alien technology behind a bulkhead in engineering. I can't identify it. Where's our tourist now? On the Dauntless Bridge, working with Lieutenant Torres. Go to the bridge, but don't tip our hand. I'll be there with a full security team within minutes. Understood. Yeah, she's a little upset. Let's get weapons. Had me fooled, though. Especially the, um, you know, the ship being so Starfleet-like. I mean, how did they do that? How did they make a ship that accurate and that believable to all this crew that it was a Starfleet vessel? with some futuristic design. Don't touch that. You almost kicked us into slipstream drive. Oh, I wouldn't want to do that. Mm, yeah, no. No problem. You speak Klingon. I do now. Your captain was kind enough to let me review your linguistic database. I only speak a few phrases myself. Oh, shame. It's a robust language. A little too robust for me. <laughs> Evacuate the repair teams. Captain, do it. Explain yourself. I don't know what you're talking about. You fabricated the message from Starfleet. I recovered the real transmission, the one you said was irreparably damaged. <gasps> That's absurd. Starfleet didn't send us this vessel, and you're not here to help. Is this your ship? Please, uh, stay calm. There must be an explanation. I tried to ignore my gut feelings. Because I got carried away with the excitement of getting home, but you preyed on that, didn't you? You took advantage of our hopes, and now I want to know why. I believe that there is a threat here, Captain. But not from me. I didn't feel it was my place to make accusations. But I saw her reconfigure several key algorithms two days ago in the Astrometrics lab. And it seemed obvious. She must have been tampering with the Starfleet message. You are lying. Mm -hmm. She's been sabotaging your every effort to reach Earth. Seven of nine, he's pointing to. You don't have to, to believe really? me, Captain. Come on. You can find all the evidence you need in her personal database. Evidence you undoubtedly put there yourself just in case you got caught. Take him to Voyager, throw him in the brig. got shot by Tuvok, but he's trying to grab a panel here on the Dauntless's bridge and engage. And it basically like reconfigures the ship immediately, uh, changes the configuration of the panels, the lighting, put a force field up. He's trying to deflect our transporters. Stand by. They got some of the crew got off. But seven and the captain. He's found a way to block their transport. The ship's going into slipstream mode. Pursuit course. We lost them, Commander. Tom. Bring the warp core modifications online. We're going after them. Sir, we haven't even had a trial run yet. There's no time like the present. 
Yeah, let's just do it. Put some glue on the hull and make sure it holds together. Where are you taking us? Home. How'd you create the Starfleet Bridge? Holograms? Particle synthesis. Beyond your understanding. Is this what your people do? Prey on innocent ships? Innocent. Typical of Captain Janeway. Self-righteous. If I've offended you or your people in some way, please tell me. Diplomacy, Captain? Your diplomacy destroyed my world! What? What are you saying? You negotiated an agreement with the Borg Collective. Safe passage through their space. And in return, you helped them defeat one of their enemies. Species 8472. In your colorful language, yes, Species 8472. Did it ever occur to you that there were those of us in the Delta Quadrant with a vested interest in that war? Victory would have meant annihilation of the Borg, but you couldn't see beyond the bow of your own ship! In my estimation, Species 8472 posed a greater threat than the Borg. Who were you to make that decision? A stranger to this Quadrant! There wasn't exactly time to take a poll. I had to act quickly. My people managed to elude the Borg for centuries. Outwitting them, always one step ahead. But in recent years, the Borg began to weaken our defenses. They were closing in, and Species 8472 was our last hope to defeat them. You took that away from us! The outer colonies were the first to fall. 23 in a matter of hours. Our sentry vessels tossed aside. No defense against the storm. And by the time they had surrounded our star system, hundreds of cubes. Yeah, so she got rid of the threat against uh, the Borg, which allowed them to get to his people. A few of us managed to survive. Ten, twenty thousand. I was fortunate. I escaped with a vessel. Alone. But alive. I don't blame them. They were just drones. Acting with their collective instinct. You. You had a choice. I'm sorry for what happened to your people, but try to understand. I couldn't have known. It took me months to find you. I watched and waited for my opportunity to make you pay for what you'd done. Then the Starfleet message, and I knew that your selfish desire to get home would surface again. That I could lure you to this vessel. That I could see to it that you'd all be assimilated and spend the rest of eternity as Borg. I was hoping to get your entire crew. But I'll settle for the two of you. In a matter of hours, this ship will return to my home world. Inside Borg space. When that happens, you will be assimilated as well. That's irrelevant. This is what you wanted all along, isn't it? To go back to your collective? And now we have a little twist here. You should thank me. Which is kind of interesting with, you know, Seven not wanting, saying to Janeway that she didn't want to go to Earth, she didn't want to be with humans. And now she's really presented with the choice of going back to what she considers sort of her people, the Borg, or doing something about it and helping Voyager and Report. humans. We're at full impulse. 
I really like the story here. I really like the the blend of the conflict with the alien and you know the conflict between Seven and Janeway and the human. Make sure that quantum warp field is stable. So here's Voyager trying to use its first slipstream drive modifications. I'm focusing the quantum field. Make it quick. Hold temperatures at critical. And remember, this sort of leads them to other things in the future, and the uh, We're at slipstream velocity. and the ability to use this te this tech and this knowledge to get home. Slipstream. I'm aligning ours to match. We're right behind them. How far behind? Just a few minutes. Is there any way to increase our speed? None. We're at maximum. Maintain course. I know the captain. She's already got a plan. Any ideas? Not presently. We'd better think of something. We come face to face with your former family in less than an hour, and that's one reunion I'd like to miss. Unless, of course, you're looking forward to rejoining the Collective. I do not believe I am. Not the ringing opposition I was hoping for, but I'll take it. <laughs> a drone could yeah. walk through this force field like it was thin air. Is there enough Borg technology left in your body to let it adapt? If I activate the appropriate nanoprobes, I could alter my bioelectric field. However, I would need to adjust my cranial implant. Would a microfilament do the trick? It might. Then let's get you one. Once you get outside, access that control panel and disable the force field. Then we'll try to reach the engine room. And employ the emergency shutdown procedure. Janeway's using her uh, her com badge to get a filament for a uh, little you basically little toothpick uh, here to help Seven uh, adjust her little cranial implant that she's got over her eye. Captain, as I recall, this is where our relationship began in a brig nine months ago. I severed you from the Collective, and you weren't exactly happy about it. No, I was not. In case I never get a chance to say this, I realize that I've been hard on you at times. But it was never out of anger or regret that I brought you on board. I'm your captain. That means I can't always be your friend, understand? No. However, if we are assimilated, our thoughts will become one, and I'm sure I will understand perfectly. <laughs> well, that's one a joke, Captain. <laughs> you yourself have encouraged me to use my sense of humor. Yeah. It's nice to know you've taken some of my advice to heart. You were correct, Captain. Hmm. My desire to remain in the Delta Quadrant was based on fear. I am no longer Borg, but the prospect of becoming human is unsettling. I don't know where I belong. You belong with us. The adaptations are complete. So Seven was able to go right through the force field now. And Arcturus, Arcturus is uh, picking up this on the bridge that they're breaking out. What a business. 
again, I think this episode really comes together well. It's paced well. The acting is good. It's it's a really strong Voyager episode overall. And and I've always liked it when Seven of Nine and, and Janeway kind of the have a lot to interact out. with. Our commands are being blocked from the bridge. He's detected us. They make a good team, you know. They don't exactly see eye to eye always, but that's a good thing. Increased. At our present speed, we will enter Borg space in less than 12 minutes. Do we still have access to the power distribution grid? Yes. If we can't throw on the brakes, let's swerve the wheel. Send a power surge into the starboard thrusters. The torsional stress at these speeds could tear the ship apart. It's either that or join the hive. Do it. If we're still in one piece, try to gain control of navigation. I'll be on the bridge. We have a game of velocity scheduled for tomorrow, holodeck one. I expect you to keep the appointment. Bye, Captain. So they activated this uh, thruster, and the ship is really uh, careening now, almost like in a crash. It's a pretty high-tech ship, too. It's like if you, I wonder that you know. One thing I wonder about this episode: this guy's got his planets wiped out. I mean, how, how did he put this plate thing together? I'm like, you know. Sorry about the bumpy ride. You can slow this ship down, but you can't stop it. In four minutes, Captain Janeway will be gone, and a new drone will be born. Don't count on it. Seven of Nine has accessed your navigational systems. You taught us how to use this ship a little too well. I can't begin to imagine your loss, but try to see beyond your desire for revenge. Revenge is all I have left. No, no. As long as you're alive, there's hope. Your people's accomplishments, their knowledge, their dignity can survive in you. End this. I've just destroyed the navigational controls. No one can stop this ship now. Not even me. Two minutes to Borg space. And Voyager to the rescue, firing some torpedoes, trying to, trying to. Shields are down. Transporter standing by. Get a lock on our people. Voyager. Come with me. It's not too late. It is for you. I've got them, Commander. Transporter room two. So they beam, they beam seven and Janeway off, but not our tourists. And Voyager just diverted away from Borg space. Arturis sort of gets what he wants. We are the Borg. You will be assimilated. Resistance is futile. If I was him, I'd blow that ship up right now. You know, I wouldn't Captain's be like... Captain's <laughs> supplemental. We remained in the quantum slipstream for an hour before it finally collapsed. Our diagnostics have concluded that we can't risk using this technology again. But we did manage to get 300 yeah, light years closer to home. Not exactly completely true, so... <laughs> 
Full impact. Final round to Janeway. Winner, Janeway. Nice play. You almost had me. Almost. Go again? I must report to the Astrometrics lab. There is work to be done. Work? I gave the crew strict orders to take some R&R over the next few days, and that includes you. There are more pressing needs. I am attempting to design another method of traveling at slipstream velocities without damaging Voyager. I thought that was impossible. Impossible is a word that humans use far too often. I wish to continue my efforts. A few days ago, you were ready to abandon ship, and here you are, practically laying in a course to Earth. As we approached Borg space, I began to reevaluate my future. The prospect of becoming a drone was unappealing. Yeah, I'd say Sometimes so. You gotta look back in order to move forward. It sounds to me like you're starting to embrace your humanity. No. But as I said, nothing is impossible. Computer? One more game. All right, so there you go. Hope and fear from the last episode of season four for Voyager. Like I said, I think it's a, a really great episode, really strong, good guest star, interesting story that has some twists and turns, a very good uh, interaction between Seven and Captain Janeway. Just did a really good job. But, uh, but like I said, this story, if you look on Memory Alpha, it went through a ton of, of variations and, and just... All kinds of troubles trying to put this thing together. Uh, there's a lot of background on the, on the makeup that was done for Arturus and the building of the our, the Dauntless ship and everything. So tech, you know, take a moment and, and take a look at that if you get a chance. I'll put uh, a link to it in the podcast notes for this week. Again, it's um, it's really cool. One thing that I thought was kind of interesting is they they kept referring in the in the early parts of the story the species that came on that was Arturus. He was supposed to be more of like a Yoda-type character, and they they actually referred to him in the script as Yoda a lot of times because he was supposed to sort of talk funny and be a little guy and stuff like that, uh, a slight little thing uh, that was a little different among many, many different things. Uh, one thing that they were uh, they toyed with even when they got the story closer to what you saw is that they were tossing around the idea that there might be still be able to slip some kind of a cliffhanger ending in it. Like, you know, they could have easily had them go out as they just reached Borg space or something like that and Voyager had to come to the rescue. Something could have happened there. But they thought, no, let's just let's just end this and, and we feel like we've told the story that we wanted to tell. You know, Seven makes progress in her ability to sort of accept her and, and you know, her desire for getting back to um, her humanity and Earth and Janeway and her form sort of a new bond in a way and a new understanding. And I just, again, I think this is a really strong episode and it was fun to look at it again and cover it for all you guys. So I'm going to take a little break. And while I do take this break, 
I am going to play uh, our new Rick Moyer song. Yes, because, uh, you know, it wouldn't be complete without a new Rick Moyer song looking at a Star Trek episode. And I think this one focuses on Janeway, and I think it's set to the tune of a Beatles song. So anyway, take a listen, and I'll be back. And we're going to have also, there's more show to come after that. We've got a special collectible review from Brian coming up, too, after Rick Moyer's song. So stand by, and here we go. This is Captain Catherine Janeway of the Federation Starship Voyager. What is the nature of your emergency? on deck six, Captain. Mr. Tuvok is investigating. Keep me informed. Another winner song from the maestro Rick Moyer. Uh, great song. I love the tune. Just uh, lots of fun. And uh, everyone should go over and check out Rick's site uh, that he puts all these musical entries up at uh, Star Trek Parodies.com. Uh, he puts up. Uh, 
things that are not Star Trek parodies. He's done other things like a Galactica one and just all kinds of good music related to the topics that we talk about here and other things that he's done. So check out that site uh, when you get a chance. And next up, we have Brian with a, uh, a special guest report for us. I don't know if he was recording this while wearing his shirt or not. I'm guessing probably not. But uh, anyway, here's Brian with a, a collectible review for all of you. Merry Christmas, my man Rico. How are you? Oh, and a Happy New Year. It's Today's December 30th while I'm recording this. It's Brian, and I wanted to call in with a quick collectible review for you of a collectible that I received as a Christmas present this year from my uncle. He got me the QMX Battlestar Galactica Top Gun Beerstein. This is from QMX Replicas, who really is, are doing some really fun, interesting, different kind of replicas for a bunch of different series, including Battlestar, Star Trek, um, Firefly, they have the new Mal Pistol coming out. But anyway, so this is a replica of the Top Gun Beerstein that's uh, seen in, I, I don't know if it's just that one episode when Cat becomes the new Top Gun, or if it's, or if a Starbuck is seen drinking out of it in a couple of episodes um, in the Officers Club on the Galactica. But anyway, it's, uh, again, it's a two-scale, one-one size. It's about eight inches tall. It's a bone-colored porcelain beer stein. Um, on one side, it has uh, the skull with red eyes holding a knife between his teeth, and it says Galactica Top Gun. On the back side, it has the Battlestar Galactica BSG-75 emblem. And then on the other side, it has the name of all of the Top Gun recipients. The names are Pandora... Blondie, Digger, Sneddy, Poker, Starbuck, and Cat. And there's room beneath that on this little drawn-on scroll for additional names. So it's very cool. And it has a, uh, a metal top uh, and lid that has a little, some nice little detail on it. And at the very top, it has a plane. Now, what's funny is that, and I noticed it in the show, too, uh, when I saw them drinking out of this, that the, the little uh, plane on top isn't a Viper. It's actually an F-18 Hornet from what I can tell here, uh, which I th think is interesting that they they probably just didn't even think about putting a little Viper on there, and they, they kept the continuity of that with this replica and put this little uh, F-18 up there. So it's very, very cool. I'm planning on drinking out of it this weekend for New Year's because it is pretty hardcore, and I think it can hold about a decent-sized pint, and I'm looking forward to that. So, And I, I want to say, I think on QMX's website, this is like 50 bucks or something, so it's not cheap. But, you know, it's really cool. It's really nicely made. Um, QMX, I think, has done real well with a lot of their price points on their collectibles. So if you're a BSG fan and you want some, as something to get for yourself or as a gift that's not too, too over-the-top expensive, I think this is a, a nice little addition. Uh, I would recommend it. So, again, this is Brian. Uh, Rico, Happy New Year, and Happy New Year to all my Treks and Sci-Fi family. Talk to you guys later. Bye. Well, thank you very much, Brian. I appreciate you sending in that collective review. I'm going to try to, uh, one of my uh, targets and goals a little bit for uh, the podcast for 2012 is to try to get back doing some more collectible reviews. Actually, what I want to talk about in uh, in a couple of future podcasts is some oversized, very high-end collectible books and things, such as uh, some Star Wars things that I have, Star Trek stuff, and, and things like that. Some are available, some out of print, but uh, just some uh, just some really nice stuff that I've never had a chance to talk about. And, and I think they're sort of collectibles too. But anyway, thanks about that Galactica Stein. Yeah, I was just looking at, while you were doing your um, review, looking at the website, QMX. Just go to qmxonline.com 
And I'll put uh, links in the podcast notes. But yeah, this is a cool little item. Only uh, $59.95 and still available. One thing that I thought that... Um, would be neat for them to do for QMX. You know, they have the Galactica dog tags that you can personalize uh, and get your own ones made. What would be neat for this beer stein, I, you know, I'm surprised they didn't think about this. Maybe they're not allowed to or whatever, but, you know, there's that list of uh, ace pilots there on the back, uh, like you said, with Starbuck uh, and, and Cat and everything. Uh, if they personalized it, you could get your name like Rico written in there or something. I guess you could take some some kind of paint or pen and write your own name on that if you wanted to. And although it probably wouldn't look and match exactly like it does in the Stein, but I basically I'm just thinking for maybe an extra ten, twenty something dollars, they could create personalized Steins with your name, you know, engraved on the back with the other ones. That might be a cool thing for people to do. Uh, just an idea. And uh, but they've got some yeah, QMX is doing some neat stuff. And uh, I, I urge everyone for collectors to check out their site uh, when you can. Well, okay, folks, that's going to wrap things up for today's edition of and this week's edition of Treks in Sci-Fi. I want to thank everyone for listening. Just a couple last things. If you're not a forum member, shoot me an email, treksf at gmail.com, and I will set you up on the forum. We've got all kinds of good stuff going on there all the time, so join us, and uh, we'd love to have you. Uh, also, check out the main site, treksinsci-fi.com. I'm going to try to refresh the main site sometime soon. I keep meaning to do that, but things get in the way, but I want to give it a new format, a new look, a feel uh, for the new year, so that should be coming soon. Uh, reviews on iTunes, donations to the podcast, all that stuff, there's links on the main site so uh, check that out when you get a chance coming up on the show next week you're going to get not me since i'm only doing a show every other week myself but you're going to get another guest spot this time with dave kill uh dave uh i don't think he's done uh, a podcast he sent in contributions to the show but i don't think he ever did a full guest spot so he's doing a guest spot next week uh about some of his uh favorite uh moments and covering some Babylon 5 basically he's a big Babylon 5 fan a long time ago I did a podcast on the series as a whole and I think he's just covering like the first couple of seasons with some highlights so that's next week on Treks and Sci-Fi in two weeks you're going to get a special show uh, with me I'll be back but it's also going to be with Kenny Kenny from California who was our resident uh, Potter Harry Potter fan and we are going to cover, our plan for a long time has been to cover the Harry Potter films and books. And what we are going to do our, our, uh, to start us off with is we're going to cover the first book movie uh, in the series of Harry Potter. And then periodically we'll try to do them, you know, the next one and the next one after that. So, of course, we're starting with the first one, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone or Philosopher's Stone, depending on which edition and version. But that'll be in two weeks on the show so and then the week after that coming up uh, that'll be a february 5th which is super bowl sunday you're going to get uh, a guest sp show cast <laughs> with uh we're going to have al and brian who you just heard and marco they're going to cover uh the alien uh i don't know if they're doing all of them or just the first movie i'm not really sure what their format is but they're going to cover the alien films or film and that we've been trying to get them to do that for a long time and Brian had to go clothes shopping. I don't know what it was was delaying them. But anyway, they're going to finally cover some alien stuff for you. And with the new Prometheus movie that really Scott is doing coming out, you know, this this year, right? Late this year, I think. Uh, or is it the summer? 
I'll have to look up the, the release date for that. But anyway, they're going to cover alien stuff for us. So that's going to be cool. And uh, all kinds of great stuff coming up on Trek and Sci-Fi. So I hope you'll join us again each week. And uh, shoot me an email. Tell me what you think of the show. Any suggestions for future shows, I'm always open for that. So take care, everyone. Have a great uh, week. I will talk to you in about two weeks next week, Babylon 5 with Dave. So uh, take care. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Treks in Sci-Fi with Rico Dosti and other special guests. We would love to hear from you. Write to us today at treksf at gmail.com. That's treksf at gmail.com. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the starship Enterprise. Enterprise, Enterprise. It's continuing mission to explore strange new worlds, strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no one has gone before. Visit the website today at www.treksinsci-fi.com. Treks in Sci-Fi is a Rico Dosti production. Copyright 2012. All rights reserved. Treks in Sci-Fi.